happen. And we're going to read verses 28, 29, and 30 as uh, our central text here a couple of weeks back. I know we've had some Wednesday nights out uh, due to some of the parking lot work. Uh, however, uh, a couple of weeks back we had started this sermon series and uh, we are going to pick up here. We will recap a couple of things and pick up here tonight uh, on this evening's thought and message. Amen. But Matthew 11, if you would stand with us for the reading of God's Word. Matthew 11, verse 28 is where we'll start reading through verse number 30. And uh, we are going to take a look here, a, a verse that's very familiar to many, and uh, we have heard this, things of that nature, but I truly believe there are some truths we want to unpack from this and uh, look at here together. If you're there with me tonight, would you say amen? The Bible says, here's the invitation. We had talked about this here a couple of weeks ago. There is an invitation from Christ to come, to come to him. And he says here, come unto me. And he says, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And this is what he says. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. And so we had started and embarked on here a couple of weeks ago simply this sermon series on Take My Yoke. Upon you. Amen. Take my yoke upon you. Let's pray together. Ask the Lord to help us again here tonight. Father, we thank you once again for every heart and life. I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint and challenge us. Speak to us here tonight. Father, I pray let your word settle in our hearts and souls. Let our ears be open to what you would say and speak to us. I pray tonight that you would challenge us and change us. And Lord, help me tonight to preach with clarity of mind. And Lord, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for what you'll do. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Here a couple of weeks back, we had talked about this invitation that is presented unto us. Amen. Uh, this is uh, an invitation that's a little bit different than for some others. We have all been invited, if you will, to various events, uh, birthday parties or anniversaries. Maybe there was something grand to celebrate, a wedding, a baby, uh, you know, whatever the case might be, a housewarming, a retirement party, whatever the case is uh, when we talk about some invitations there is a uh, there's often times there is something that is there on the cusp that we're excited 
to celebrate and we're excited to take part in. Maybe you have before had the RSVP because there was maybe a certain number of seats. Maybe there was only going to be allowed a select few, whatever the case might be. Maybe you've been to something before and not only was it RSVP, but maybe it was something you had to, you, there was a dress code required. Maybe you had, maybe it was a black tie affair. Maybe you had to dust the tuxedo off out of the closet or go and rent one if you're like me and don't own a tuxedo. Uh, maybe, maybe it was something that was, uh, you know, very special. I've been to some things where, as a matter of fact, when Brother Tobin and Sister Lindy, when uh, Silas was, uh, before we uh, knew that Silas was going to be Silas, uh, we went over for a, a gender reveal party. And so they said, if you believe it's team boy, if he's going to be a boy, wear blue. And if you're going to, if you think it's a girl, wear pink. And so you had blue and pink and uh, all of this and uh, everybody taking sides and choosing how it was going to be. These are things, invitations and celebrations and things that we've been a part of. And here, strangely enough, Christ is giving an invitation. He is, uh, he is welcoming you and inviting you into something, uh, but his is a little bit different. His is a little bit of the fact that, uh, that he says, listen, he says, I want you to come to me. There's not an event. We're not having cake. We're not eating pizza. We're not having punch. He said, but here's the thing. He said, here are the ones who are invited. He said, I want to invite folks who are overwhelmed. I want to invite folks who are burdened down. I want to invite folks who are in a place in life that they're trying to create something to happen and they have exhausted themselves in trying to do it. I want to invite, in other words, Sister Sandy, he never said you have to show up in your tuxedo. You don't have to show up in, in the pink or the blue. You don't have to do this or do that. As a matter of fact, he said, I'll tell you who qualifies. He said, if you are burdened down and if you are heavy laden, if you can identify with being sometimes overwhelmed with the pressure of life, if you can understand what it is to reach into the emotional well and you try to scoop something out, Brother Dan, and you kind of hit bottom. Have you ever done that before? Have you tried to give from an empty place? Have you ever tried to eke out one more ounce of something to give and invest, but you were all spent? And we sometimes, there is the category that none of us like to think about, and that is to be categorized as weak, to be categorized as, well, you weren't enough to fill that spot. Well, you didn't have the goods to take care of that thing. Well, here once again, you've fallen apart. Here once again, you don't have the emotional fortitude. Here once again, you don't have an answer for somebody in your life who is struggling and needs an answer. Oh, can I tell you and remind you tonight is that if that is you, if you've ever been there, if you would ever say, Brother Jacob, I've bought that t-shirt. I've been there, done that. Amen. I've got a name tag. I've got a medal. I wear, I've won some medals from for being over 
overwhelmed and being spent and being broken and being bruised in life. Oh, I know that to many people and to the world, they would say that's a sign of weakness. And if you're weak, you don't qualify. You're ostracized. You're cast out. You'd better get your act together. You better get something together. And we only want the strong. We only want the one that's got the answers. We only want the ones that can do this and be this. Oh, but aren't you glad tonight that Christ said, you're the one that I want. You're the one that I'm looking for. You're the one. Do you have tears that are flowing? Do you have stressors in life? Are there some broken pieces? Do you have some baggage that you're carrying? Oh, I wish there was some folks in this house. I know it's Wednesday night and you're tired. I know it's been a long day, but I hope somebody hears what I'm saying. You even held on to that baggage so much you brought it into church with you. It's sitting there on the pew with you. It's sitting around your feet tonight. I'm not tripping over it. I can't see it, but it's there. There's some of you walked in tonight been over and your burden and the word of God said heavy laden, but I want to let you know oh somebody said I sure could use a little good news and I want to tell you the good news is the master stands and says if that's you I want you to come to me well what do you mean that's not the therapy that's not the psychoanalysis I need that's not the loan I need or the doctor that I need you're right he supersedes them all he's greater than them all he's all we'll ever need He said, come to me. I'm the one who has all that you're looking for today. Hallelujah. Not only today, but every day. Not only now, but forevermore. Hallelujah. Think about that. The God of heaven is wanting to do a divine exchange with you. Have you ever, did you ever grow up trading stuff as a kid? Some of you probably still trade stuff. And did you ever sit at the lunch table and you'd say, I've got a bag of Doritos. Now, in lunchroom currency, that's high-dollar stuff right there. Especially you got Cool Ranch. Amen. Right? You got some Pringles. Somebody else got bologna, but you got ham and cheese. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, somebody else had one of them. You know what it was? They came from the, from the dollar, dollar or less store back when it was still a dollar or less. And it was a little round tub of juice, but you came in with a Capri Sun. And you was the king or the queen of the lunch table. And you would bargain and barter. And you would do this. I got some of grandma's leftovers too. I've got this. I've got that. And you would trade. And sometimes the truth is, in a trade, there are some folks, Brother Tobin, you get the bad end of the deal. You know, you open up something and come to realize somebody done took a bite out of it. Before, 
they, they snookered you. They got you on the trade, Brother Eddie. I mean, somebody got, we, we, uh, uh, we have done it here. When we, when we first came to Victory Temple, one of the first men's breakfasts that we ever had, we did a knife swap. And, and, uh, and with a knife swap, what the gentlemen would do, they'd take a pocket knife. And, and, uh, and so I would have a pocket knife, and I would walk up to Brother Stanley, and he'd have his pocket knife, and he would hold out his hand, I'd hold out mine, and we'd just swap knives. Now, you wouldn't know if you was getting a case knife, Hallelujah. Or if you was getting a getting an old timer. Or or if you was or if you was getting something good. Or if you was getting one of them one of them little giveaway knives that has scissors that big, can't cut nothing. Right? A broken plastic toothpick that comes out of it. And it might even be used. I don't know. But but uh, I, I'll never forget, Brother St. Clergy, the first knife swap I'd been a part of was a, a men's uh, conference uh, and uh, that uh, Brother Goodwin had put together. As a matter of fact, uh, that particular men's retreat, Brother Charles Turnage uh, came from Victory Temple to the great big city of Lumberton and uh, went and he was our speaker that weekend. The first time I'd ever heard Brother Charles Turnage preach. And, uh, and uh, we was getting ready, everybody. I mean, we had 100 plus men there, and everybody's excited. So, Brother Goodwin, he, uh, he had, uh, was describing and telling the men what the knife exchange was, what a knife swap was. Well, he knew, Brother Danny, because this is how Pastor Goodwin works, he knew who had the best knife out of our bunch. Amen. And we had a brother from the Alabama Cushada Indian tribe. And Brother Marvin, he had a beautiful handmade knife with an antler handle and a leather case to boot. I mean, it was beautiful. He had showed that. We said, you're giving that away? He said, yes, I am. And so Brother Goodwin, as only Brother Goodwin can do, and he'll probably listen to this live stream, and I'm telling every bit of the truth. He can call me on it later if he wants to. He was out there in the middle of that gym, and he was telling all the men how the knife swap works. And he says, I tell you what. He said, I will demonstrate how the knife swap works and that brother from the Alabama Cushada tribe his name was Quana White Thunder and brother Quana he said he said let me show you how it works he said brother Quana won't you come on up here what knife Brother Quana had. He knew he had that uh, antler-handled homemade knife, beautiful in that leather case. And he went up there and he swapped that. When he got that knife, he looked at all those men and grinned just like the, you know, the, uh, the cat that ate the pasta, the canary or whatever the case might be. And I mean, he, he, he got the trade of a lifetime. Amen. And lo and behold, Brother Gary, Brother Goodwin had another old rusty pocket knife he brought with him so he put the good one up and hid it in his bag and so everybody tried to trade with him and we got all got you know all got the raw end of a deal because he wouldn't trade that good knife now let me say I went through all of that to say this is that there is a divine exchange the Lord is wanting to make a trade with you he said are you weary are you burdened are you laden down he said come to me and I'm going to give you rest. He said, I'll take 
He said, I'll take these things. Matter of fact, Sister June, the word of God says, cast my cares, cast your cares, excuse me, upon me because I care for you. And so therefore, Brother Marvin, what the Lord is saying, if you qualify, if you identify, and if I'm preaching to some real folks in this house, everybody here can identify with being wore down and heavy laden. But the master who says come, the master who says I'm all that you need, the master who says I'll give you rest. Sister Gwen, I've looked in my hands and said, but Lord, I don't have anything good to trade with you. I don't have anything to good, good, good to give you. I've got a mess of broken dreams. I've got a pile of pieces of my broken heart. I've got a past so checkered that you wouldn't believe it. I've got this and I've got that. And the Lord says, that sounds like a good deal. I want to give you rest for your trouble. I want to give you mercy and grace for your sin. I want to give you new life for your old life. I want to give you sobriety for your addiction, Sister Kimberly. I want to take the broken pieces and put them back together. He said, come unto me. I will give you rest. Oh, I'm telling you. Brother Gary, what a trade. And I can assure you of this, Sister Jerry, I've come out the best end of things. I couldn't give, I can't give enough. I can't deliver enough to God. I just can't do it. None of us can. It's His mercy, His grace, the, the beautiful riches of His mercy where He exchanged and He wants to make a trade with you. So one of the first things I want to ask is why aren't you willing to make a trade? Because here's something that's interesting. The yoke, and I'm going to spend some more time describing and teaching about the yoke in the, the next Wednesday night. But the yoke was an apparatus. The farmers were very well acquainted with the yoke as they would yoke up oxen. Or they might yoke up donkeys, mules. And they would use that yoke as an apparatus to guide and to steer and to direct their livestock in, the, in order to plow fields and the work that had to be done. In so doing, you would look at that apparatus and think it's cumbersome. And that it, is, that it is something that looks like, and let me say it like this. As a matter of fact, it looks very similar to that of stocks that they would put prisoners in. Before the advent of handcuffs and the evolution of, of self-restraints and things of that nature, there were stocks that prisoners would be put in. You've probably seen pictures. They would take the stocks and they could, they could put it in their head and their arms and they would walk around and it almost resembled that that of a yoke of, of what they would put on oxen or they would put stocks on their feet or, or whatever the case might be and some would say it doesn't sound like you're talking about a good trade brother Jacob but when the word of God says come unto me and I will give you rest and he said take my yoke upon you you would say well hang on you're talking about this wonderful trade but that yoke sounds like something that would have 
me bound up. That yoke sounds like something like a, a stock, like what a prisoner would put on. As a matter of fact, they would even use yokes in biblical times for slaves and for prisoners. As a matter of fact, there were kings who would say that they would break the yokes of wood and put on those who were captive yokes of iron. There were those who would love to keep folks under bondage. And here's what I want you to understand. We were talking about the fact that we can work and we can labor. And Brother Eli, we can do all that we can to try to make things happen, to try to do it. But all we do when we're working in ourselves is we become burdened. We become overwhelmed. We sink deeper into the mire. And the Lord says, when you come to me, not only will I give you rest, he said, but I'm going to make this trade and I'm going to give you my yoke. I'm going to put something on you, but it's not going to be burdensome and it's not going to bind you up and it's not going to prohibit you in a way because the word of God says, Brother Scott, that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. That within Christ there is liberty and so therefore I want to ask you tonight I want to challenge you tonight that before you can take the yoke of Christ you have to be willing to let him destroy the yokes that you have on your life the yokes that you have around your neck the yokes that are around your heart and your mind because all day long he will invite you all day long he could give you rest but there has to be a willingness to break free from the self imposed yokes we have to be set free from the yokes of sin and bondage we have to be delivered from the ideological yokes and opinions of this world I'm here to tell you tonight church you'd better hear my words loud and clear Everybody under the sound of my voice, there is a real adversary who is looking to bind you up. He is looking to keep you in shackles and chains. He wants to yoke you up in sin. He wants to yoke you up in shame. He wants to yoke you up where you're so overwhelmed. We've got folks walking into the churches and they're yoked up in personal opinions. They're yoked up in the gravity of the, of the sin and the shame they're in. They're yoked up in religious and self-righteous ideology. And I want to tell you, Sister Sandy, there are some they would love to be able to worship. There are some they'd love to be able to serve. There are some they'd love to be able to feel liberty. But they are yoked under those things. But I have good news. And the good news is... He's not breaking a yoke to give you a yoke of iron, but he's breaking yokes of bondage. And we still serve a master that'll set you free. We still serve a savior that his blood will cleanse you. We still serve a savior. He can pull you out of the gutter. He can
can clean your mind. He can clear your heart. He can save your family. He can rescue your prodigal. He can heal your body. He can deliver you from a self-righteous spirit. I'm here to tell somebody, the devil is a liar. He's not one. You're not stuck. You're not bound. You ain't got to live that way. There's a Savior says, take my yoke upon you. Somebody give him praise in this house. It is a shame that there are folks sitting in our church pews and they are under the idea that how they are, where they are, is how it's always going to be. Let me tell you something. There's nothing more than the contrary. Listen to me. If we said and we believe that mess, it's not God's fault. Listen, I will say we can blame the church. We can blame the pulpit. Because we got a lot of fellas who will tell you how to make your life better. They'll try to motivate you. They'll try to tell you you can give your way out of bondage if you just give enough offering. If you'll just do this, if you'll do that. I talked with a young woman years back, probably in the last five years, and she was attending a particular church here in Jefferson County. And a young lady didn't know a whole lot about church. And she came from a church where they had all kinds of programs. They had X amount of services a day. They had the best music. They had screens that could span the platform. They had lights. They had kids programs. I mean, you could go back and it looked like it looked like Jump World or Urban Air. I mean, a kid's dream. It looked like Chuck E. Cheese. You could go back there, man, and turn your kids loose. I mean, it just looked like a kid's heaven on earth. And they had the music and they had, they brought in the big name speakers and all that. And these are her words. This isn't me casting judgment. These are her words. She said, we had everything under the sun. She said, but I sat in that church pew service after service with the same sin, the same mess, the same torments. She said, because I never heard preached a Christ that liberates. I never heard preached Christ said it's set free she said I'm looking for a church and I'm looking for a man of God that'll tell me the truth of his word that he doesn't want me to die in my sin he doesn't want me to go to hell he doesn't want me to live bound but I can be set free and I said sister let me tell you I'm sorry about your bad experience and I can't do anything personally but I can introduce you to the man I can tell you about the man who can I can preach to you about the one who still sets captives free oh hear me some would say the traditional church the classical Pentecostal church is only for the old folks but I beg to differ I've watched sister Lori your baby my baby I've seen these kids I've seen your grandchildren brother Gary in these altars under the influence of the Holy Ghost I've watched them shout and speak in tongues I've heard them pray I've seen the old who have prayed and wept at an altar and God do a work and I've seen the young brother Eddie and I've seen the middle aged and I've seen some sister Anna who'd been away from God for a long time but the God that says I 
past can speak to a woman who walks in the doors the very first service and says, I may not know everything about the church, but I know I'm at home. I know there's a God that has set me free. I know there's a God that can turn me around. I don't have to be bound by the yoke of sin. We need a church, a pulpit. Jefferson County needs a victory temple on the corner of Corley and South 11th that'd say, don't come in here so we can pack the pews and say, look at our numbers, but I want it to be, come on in, because there is a man that can liberate you and set you free. Have you found the mentality of the world today is cope with it? We're going to give you coping skills. We're going to help you deal with it. Come on here. We're going to help you. We're sorry, but that's always going to be with you. We're sorry. That's how it's always going to be. And that's why the majority of the church age of this generation has just learned, Brother Tobin, they have, they have submitted to, to, uh, to condone lifestyles. They have accepted and opened wide the door. Listen, I will open wide the door. Anybody can come in here. But I'm going to preach to them that Christ will set them free. Hear me. I'm going to preach to them that you, you might come in a homosexual, but you don't have to leave one. I'll preach to him, you can come in a drug addict, but you don't have to leave one. Come on, I can tell a man, I can look a man in the eye and say, you might come in here addicted to pornography, but God can set you free and you ain't got to wrestle with that mess anymore. Come on, we can see, we can watch teenagers and children. And here's what it boils down to, is that we once again, listen, we're not here. I will help you, I'll pray with you, and if I can't do it, if I can't give you the expertise, I'll point you somewhere else. But the first thing this preacher's going to do is I'm going to make sure you know who Christ is. I'm going to make sure I know, thank God, there's men smarter than me. I thank God for godly counselors. I thank God for folks that can help and there's time and place for it but we have now reached a point we no longer preach about this divine exchange and we've got folks yoked up in all kinds of mess all kinds of sin all kinds of addiction all kinds of secret problems and things they've swept up under the rug and there's no liberty because everybody's scared to death to say the truth and offend somebody but my friends she shall know the truth and the truth will set you free oh ain't no coping skills around here I'm sorry I'm just a little too rough around the edges I'm just old hillbilly right we're first going to point you to Christ amen because brother Wesley he said his word said come unto me Come unto me. Now I'm running out of time. But I will tell you this. In our coping and in all of our workings. Understand. Worldly men. Will burden and yoke themselves with fruitless cares. For wealth and honor. For sensual labor in the pursuit of pleasure. Sinful men. 
are yoked up as slaves to Satan as they pursue their own lust. And it's the merest drudgery on earth. They're wallowing in the pig pens of this world. There are those who are yoked up to self-sufficiency, thinking that their own labor, that what they can do will establish their own righteousness. But it's in vain, Sister Laura. There are those who are linked up to self-righteous yokes. There are those that are convinced. Let me tell you something. I, I, I hate to sound carnal right here. I'm going to disappoint somebody because you thought your preacher was more spiritual than this. But when I was a kid, one of the shows that me and my papa watched faithfully was The Dukes of Hazard. And the introduction to that, to that TV show was just the good old boys. Never meaning. Now be careful. Don't sit here and start singing it. Glory. Never. Never mean enough. Now, some of you say, Brother Jake, you lost us right now because everybody's sitting in here going, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. but listen, but listen, do you hear what it said? Just the good old boys never meaning no harm. I want you to know that there are some who are yoked up with a good old boy syndrome. They're good old boys and they're going to split hell wide open. They're good old boys, but they don't know Jesus as their Savior. The church is full of good old boys and girls. The church is full of those, well, I never done this, and I never done that. And I, and, but let me tell you something. You can also yoke up with a self-righteous spirit. I have seen some that they base all of who they are based upon who their pastor was, who their church was, what membership they carried, what title they had, what their given report was at the end of the year. Come on here. There are folks that they love to go by the checklist of spirituality. They read X amount of chapters a day. They can pray for two hours every day. Praise the Lord. I give you a hand. That's wonderful. But I'm going to tell you something. You can go through all of what I call the calisthenics of religion and your heart be far removed from God. Sister Linda, Jesus himself said, there's going to be those that will stand before me on that great day. And they will say, Lord, didn't we, uh, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we preach in your name? Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do all of this? And he will say, yeah, you did all of that. He said, but I never knew you. I never knew you. So hear what I'm saying. You can shout and get happy when I'm talking about those yoked up in addiction. You'll shout and get happy when I'm talking about those who have a checkered past and all that because we sit around here and say, bless the Lord, he ain't talking about me. I've been saved 125 years. And and I mean, I ain't never done anything wrong. But I'm going to tell you something. Did you know the hardest people to make heaven are the religious minded? Those that are yoked up, that are thinking that in their goodness, in their morality. How many conversations have I had sitting across the desk from me, someone who was convinced of their righteousness. Somehow thinking that what they did was good enough, Sister Amy, that God would wink at everything else and say, it's all right. No, sir, no, ma'am. He is righteous and he is just. And we have to understand that these are things. Listen, 
when we look at these things, we, if you are yoked up in these, I want you to understand is that we are working in fruitless fields. We had said that before. In destroying the yoke of bondage, the Word of God said in Leviticus 26 and 13, I am the Lord your God which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt that ye should not be their bondmen. In other words, their servants anymore. And I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. Isaiah 10 and 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall take away, shall be taken away off from thy shoulder, and his yoke from off of thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I want to tell somebody tonight that these self-imposed yokes, these yokes that we can get ourselves in, Yokes of popular opinion, yokes of human morality and human rationale and reasoning, yokes of self-righteousness, church cliques, religion, ideals. Do I meet the checklist? Do I check the boxes? The yokes of personal opinions, comparisons. We preached a little bit about that Sunday. Comparisons, always comparing how we stack up against somebody. And we feel righteous if we look, act, and seem more righteous than somebody else. But the Word of God said, by the way, your righteousness is as filthy rags. There's none righteous, no, not one. Brother Coleman, this is why we must come to Christ. It's because His anointing, His power, the Spirit of God is the only thing, Sister Jerry, that breaks the yokes that humanity carries. As I've said, Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'll come, we can spend our lives trying, Brother Eli. We can try to be good enough. We can try to be spiritual enough. We can try to work hard enough. There are some folks that say, if I just have enough willpower, if I just do this, if I can be there, if I can be in that church, if I can have membership there, if I can just have this title, if I can make this much money, if I can do this thing. Let me tell you something. Those are all fantasies. Those are all fantasies. Because at the end of the day, what the Word of God's trying to say is the only hope for breaking those yokes and to make that exchange, it will only be found in Christ. It is only the Spirit of the Lord that brings forth liberty. It is only there. It is only the blood of Jesus that can wash our sins. You'd say, oh, Brother Jacob, you're preaching in the choir. We all know this stuff. But isn't it amazing how we know this stuff, and yet we circle and go the long way, and we pick up yokes, and we're carrying things, and we're bearing burdens we were never called to bear? And then we walk around with a complex and we'll tell God, I can't believe you put more on me. I can barely handle. I can barely stand. I'm going to just collapse. I'm not going to make it. Well, let me just tell you, because Jacob Smith has to remind himself of this too. That's not God's fault. It's not. The Word of God says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So therefore, if I feel like I'm always at a breaking point, if I feel like that I'm always overwhelmed, if I feel like I'm always stuck, if I feel like, Sister Sandy, I'm stagnant, if I feel like I'm off kelter, not where I'm supposed to be, is that God's fault? No. Like I said, some of these things, you can quote it to me, you know it, you understand it, you amen it and nod your head. But yet, Brother Tobin, so many times, 
We run, we run headlong into yokes that were never made for us. I want to tell you, I want to give you just a little piece, a little snippet about next week's thought. But I want you to understand what was interesting about a yoke is that yokes were fashioned exclusively for the oxen that they were going to rest on. And there are times we're slipping into stuff that was never meant to fit us. And we wonder why we're struggling. We wonder why we're so overwhelmed. We wonder why we're so broken hearted. And the list goes on and on and on. But I want to tell you brothers and sisters. That before we can find the exchange. Christ says come. Christ says I'll give you rest. Christ says I'll make the trade. You're getting the best end of the deal. He said but I'm going to give you my yoke. And what does that mean? My yoke is easy. In other words it's fitted, formed and fashioned just for you. Just for you Eli just for me because sister Wanda God knows what's in our life he knows the direction he wants us to go he knows the weight the burden that we are to carry he knows how he wants to work it he knows how he wants to utilize you so let's not complicate things and get everything all messed up because we're jumping into other yokes that we shouldn't be and you say well I'm trapped now brother Jake I'm stuck here what am I supposed to do Come to Christ. Give it to Him. Let the anointing break that. Oh, it's tight. It's powerful. I don't know. The anointing can break it. The anointing can break it. I'm telling you. The Spirit of God has never been up against a yoke that He couldn't win over. He's never found a case too hard. A sinner so hard that He couldn't save. That's our Jesus. That's what He does. With our heads bowed and eyes closed. Tonight, maybe you would say, Brother Jacob, it's my burden, my overwhelmed. I, my mind is so full of complicated things. I'm, I'm stressed and I'm worried and I'm wore down. And you don't, you don't even know, preacher, how hard it is for me just to get to church. But I'm going to tell you, I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you're here because I know that anointing is here. That anointing's here that can break those yokes. Christ said, come unto me. The invitation's given. You qualify in your stress, in your sin, in your suffering, in the heaviness of your heart. You qualify. So come on. Don't be stuck in those yokes that are pulling you down and they're grievous to bear and you're under the under the guide of the cruel taskmaster of the enemy you're under the cruel law and rule and reach of religion you're under the cruel hand of public opinion and comparison the Lord wants to set you free from that brother Jacob are you sure that he can I'm sure that he can but you've got to be willing to come and make the exchange You've got to be willing to come and say, Lord, I've, I labor, I'm heavy laden, I've been burdened. Can, can you give me rest? Is that how I start, Brother Jacob? Yes. Is that what I do, Brother Jacob? Yes. He said, come to me. Come to me. He's still the one that can set captives free. He's still the one that can break the yokes. Why don't we come tonight? Find ourselves a place in these altars. Why don't you come tonight and say, Lord... 
Would you tonight, can I make that trade? Did you come in here tonight experiencing some of these yokes? Did you come in here tonight wrestling some of these thoughts? Did you come in here tonight, your heart overwhelmed with some of these things? He says, come on, come unto me. He says, let my anointing break the yoke. He says, why don't you let me? He said, I'll give you beauty for ashes and I'll give you the oil of joy for your, for your, your heaviness and I'll give you the garment of praise. Oh, for those sorrows that you carry. Oh, come unto me, he said. Come unto me, he said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.